Whether you want to start a faith-based business or an online ministry, you've come to the right place. This is the Teresa Blaze Show with your host, Teresa Blaze, where she's bringing her over 20 years of consulting experience to the mic. Now, here's Teresa. Welcome to the Teresa Blaze Show. This is a bonus interview. In fact, the very first one. And today, I am privileged to bring on someone who I happen to know fairly well, maybe a little. <laughs> you know, kind of. I hope so. He's, uh, he's actually my better half. I happen right. to love him dearly, and uh, he is my husband, my business partner, my ministry partner. Michael Blaze. Hello, everybody. Being the uh, first guest on this new venture, I wanted to bring you on and just kind of get your background a little bit. How did you come into doing what you do, both in business and on the ministry side? Well, it goes back to when I was a kid. My parents were not wealthy. And, you know, so if I wanted extra money, I had to, a lot of times I had to come up with it, my, try to find a way to come up with it myself. And one of the ways that I did that was I would go door to door selling uh, blow pops, those uh, suckers that have gum in them. And, uh, you know, that's so that I would take a lunchbox with me to school and I would sell them, you know, in between classes and during during lunchtime and made pretty decent money on them. You know, you remind me so much of uh, Gary Vaynerchuk and his story because, you know, he grew up. And it wasn't blow pops, but for him, it was baseball cards. I remember, and for me, I remember there were times when I wanted the money to go to a summer camp with uh, my youth group, and my parents didn't have it. And so I said, fine, I'll figure out a way to get it. You know, um, I didn't realize that that was so in the seeds of entrepreneurship at that time, but hey, it worked. You know, and the other thing that I had an advantage in is the fact that both both my mom and dad were no strangers to entrepreneurial enterprises. My mom was involved with Avon. She was involved with uh, Tupperware. In fact, she was a Tupperware manager. We had the little car. We had the car and everything. And, you know, she had her own little network going. Uh, so, you know, I got to experience pretty early what it meant to be an entrepreneur, it was a blessing because I don't know how much your listeners know about us, but we've got a special needs kid. And that kiddo, especially early on, required a, a lot of care. And the idea of me working a regular job, it wasn't going to happen. It wasn't in the cards. I actually told the audience in an episode back in fact it's you know it's probably out in the uh, feed if you guys want to go back and hear it it's called the book that wrecked me i actually told them about my experience with uh robert kiyosaki's rich dad poor dad and you're handing me a set again two knives and introducing me to this crazy world of entrepreneurship that we now live in Uh, but which reminds me i would like to actually hear they know how i got introduced to robert kiyosaki how did he get into your world one of the things is I, as I was a young, young adult, I got involved in a bunch of different multi-level network marketing things, and some of them I was fairly successful at. But uh, the one 
that I was probably the most successful at was a company called Prepaid Legal Services. And I happened to attend a conference in Oklahoma, and he was the keynote speaker for that conference. Oh, that's huge. And, and it, what he said just made sense to me when he was, he wrote a book called Cash Flow. He, he's written about nine or about eight or nine books. I've lost count of how many books he's written. But the first book that I think, I think it was Cash Flow Quadrant. No, it was, uh, I don't remember. It had to do with network marketing and why network marketing was such a good, why it was a good training class to becoming rich. I want to I want to kind of move a little bit further. Mike, as you are because as you have moved along, you've been in the internet marketing game and or working in ministry and or working in business for a while. So I want to ask you three specific questions that are related. Actually, mm, four. So the first question I have for you, in your opinion, Based on everything you've seen, based on everything we've done, based on the research that you followed, what do you believe is the state of marketing as it stands now? I think it has changed significantly. It's no longer about getting the most links out there. It's no longer about trying to interrupt someone's pattern. It's in, in what they call interruption marketing. I would say. It's more about influence. There are a ton of people out there that are building Instagram followings, that are building Facebook followings, that are building YouTube channels. And their goal is, you know, they share information or they share stuff about their life or maybe they're, you know, Minecraft, maybe they're Minecrafters. And so that they 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 share their gaming sessions and show how to do different things. And Twitch is huge for that. Twitch is like really huge for that. It is. And you know they're sharing their expertise. You know you're you're demonstrating your knowledge. You're demonstrating that you know more about a particular topic than another person. But what if someone says they don't have any expertise? That is the biggest load of crap ever. We hear that all the time, and it's not true. There, are, there is something, unless you've been living under a rock, there is something that you that of interest to you. There is something that you're good at. Or there's something that you really find like you have a hobby for. Yeah. I mean, the only difference between an expert and somebody who know and, and, a, and a normal person is the expert knows just a little bit more about a topic than the normal, quote, normal person, <laughs> than the person that doesn't consider right. themselves an expert. Let's use an example. Okay. Our, our friend Adam, really, really good guy. When we started, um, he started a blog called the Diabetic Cookbook Blog. And he built that blog up to where it was pretty successful and he was making money. Money was coming in. You know, not a lot, but some money was coming in every every so often. He would get a check from Amazon or some other company because what he was doing is promoting affiliate products. He would find a cookbook and he would talk about that cookbook. And then 
people would want to buy that cookbook. So they would go out and buy it and he would get a small commission for selling it. He kind of became an authority in the space, in the diabetic space. Yes. People started approaching him and asking him about diets related to, I remember when he told me, I think it was uh, an Arabic person, Muslim person who approached him and asked him how a Muslim person can, can deal with their diabetes. What food can they eat since they have such a restrictive diet? And he, he was able to help that person. Unfortunately, he's fallen, he's fallen on, on some health issues of his own now, but he was, he was a very much an influence. And I think he could be again. I'm encouraging him to go back and, and do it again because I think he can do it. Even though the world has changed, even though marketing has changed, it's all about being an influencer. With that, Mike, if the world of marketing is becoming more of an influencer's game, and I think you're right to a degree, I really do. My question then is, if that's the case, then how is business conducted these days? How do you see business as it like when we started versus now? Well, it all used to be about word of mouth. Isn't it still? Mm, it is, but in a different way. You know, because, uh, I mean, what is influence? Word of mouth. Now, it may be paid word of mouth, i.e., oh, like a like a, a brand of shoes approaching some celebrity and asking them to wear their shoes and show their shoes on Instagram and show their shoes on various places and talk about their shoes because the, the the public looks up to that person, you know, like I remember the Air Air Jordans. Oh yeah, wow, I haven't heard about that brand in years. Yeah. I mean Michael Jordan. Everybody knows who Michael Jordan is. Unless you've been in sleeping under a rock again. <laughs> you just have a thing for those rock drillers, don't you? <sighs> yeah, I have this pity for him. <laughs> but anyway, Michael Jordan, you know, um, I don't remember. I'm not a big sports guy, so. So let's 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 bring this back to um, something because I'm thinking about a company. Will it blend? <laughs> the first time that I ever saw YouTube being used to promote a product. Oh, Yes. Will it blend? So this guy, and I, for the life of me, I cannot, and we will put the link to this YouTube channel. I wonder if it's still out there. I think it is. I think it is. I wonder if he's still creating videos. iPhone XR. Don't breathe it. (laughs) (laughs) He would, he had this like blender that he had to, um, yeah, the company was failing, as I recall. Yeah, it was. And so and he were, started. They were looking taking, for new ways to market it. Right, right. And so he started taking some of the most odd products that you would never think about, putting them in the blender, and videotaping the whole thing. Yeah, like he would take a um, Super Mario Brothers cartridge and throw it in a blender. Mario and dust. Mario don't dust. Breathe don't, it. Don't breathe it. <laughs> It was hilarious. Yeah. I mean, it probably isn't this funny now. Kind of like the old Mac commercials. Do you oh, remember those? 
Yeah, there you go. That's some classic marketing right there. Yeah, but it, it was great. Uh, and let's talk about another one who, you know, every, anybody in the marketing, anybody who's anybody in the marketing space either knows him or knows of him, even though I can't stand his mouth. He has a filthy mouth. But um, the gentleman we're talking about, his name is Gary Vanderchuk. Oh. Do I not like his mouth? You better believe I, I, I have to like, I can only oh. take him for so long. Exactly. Um, I, I don't even, I don't even have him in my podcast feed anymore. Cause he's just completely, it's a completely offensive to me, but the knowledge and everything else he brings to the table is incredible. Mm-hmm. And see what he did guys was he did, he, his, his dad owned a winery. And so no, liquor store. Liquor store. Right. That's what it was. Okay. So his dad owns a liquor store. And so like he basically went online and uh, started running a mailing list before everybody else got onto it. He then started running Google uh, PPC ads when they first came out and then YouTube dropped and it was uh, bought by Google. And he went, oh, I'm going to go on YouTube and I'm going to taste wine daily (laughs) and it worked it worked and it worked extraordinarily well i mean he did it for god i don't even know how many years i don't know but i'll tell you something i still he still puts throwback wine library tv episodes in his podcast feed and it just reminds you be consistent do you know zig when 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 your market is zagging do Hmm. stuff that may be a little out of the ordinary just to get the attention because there's Not when your he- market is zagging, though. I would say zig when your competitors are zagging. Ah, yes. Okay. Well, the point being, you know, he, I mean, because he always says something, and, I, and I've had to really chew on this because it makes so much sense. He says, I don't worry about my competitors. I day trade in attention. I am only focused on where the attention is. Again, we're getting back to being an influencer. Yep. Gary V is one of, is a huge influencer. Yeah, he is. He is. And he's got like multiple businesses that he has invested in that he runs. I mean, and I do I not do I like his mouth? No, but do I keep traffic track track of him? If I could talk, that would be great. Yes, I do. So finally, Mike, now you know we've covered business we've covered marketing to a degree what is the state of ministry how does someone if they feel called to a ministry you know it's easier than it ever has been to call your set to you know to to get into ministry it used to be you had to go to bible school and you had to you or, or you had to go into the mission field and you had to you know travel to zimbabwe or you know, maybe volunteer in a church or or whatever. And with the with with the access to the internet and social media, that is no longer the case. Amen. Amen. Now keep in mind, we're not saying it's easy from the standpoint of the accountability. You you are still under the accountability. If you are going to call yourself a minister, the Bible is very clear that you should not desire to be a teacher. Right. Okay. You shouldn't desire to be a teacher because you're going to be held through a higher account. That said, technology wise, I think, Mike, I think you were right on. As I am reminded so often, we carry a publishing platform in our pocket. Right. 
I mean, you think about the your iPhone or your Android phone that you that you that you have in your hand or that's laying on the desk in front of you. That device is more powerful than the biggest computer ever created. Amen. Amen. You know, when you look at you know the, the Univac that used to fill up entire an entire warehouse, you know, and you have more than that in your in your hand. And what do you and and if you're gonna if God has called you to deliver a message, you have a moral obligation to do it. And I really don't care if you're a ministry or a business. If God has given you a passion for something and a and a message that you are to deliver, you have a moral obligation to do it. Now, I don't remember who said the quote. I I know Zig Ziglar used it, but I don't think he's the one that actually created. Uh, I heard it first of all uh, when I heard it. It was from John Carlton. Mm, no, it's before that. Way, 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 way before that. Of course, I followed Ziegler. I'm, my dad was, when my dad was in, in insurance, he, he was listening to all kinds of people. But Zig Ziegler was one of my favorites. And you could still find his talks if you do a search for Zig Ziegler. You could still find the recordings of his, uh, of his, uh, well, actually, actually, if you look for his uh, podcast, he has a podcast now, or oh, rather, yeah. or rather, uh, uh, he has. There's a podcast that it's produced of his stuff, right? So, I mean, but one of the things he said is that most men die with their song still in them. That's a sad state of affairs, right there. The best books in the world are, will never be written. I don't want that to be me. I do not want that to be me. No. And and, and and I'm not saying that, you know, we can go into the Kumbaya world thing, but, you know, if God has given you a message, one, the Bible says you're accountable to that message. Amen. And if you don't deliver that message, you know, you, I, 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 I feel for you. I really do because... You know, you're held accountable for what God has told you to do. And if you're not going to be obedient to God, then... Why are you doing it? You know? So, finally, Michael, let's kind of bring this on home, shall we? Go for it. What is the one thing that you want to leave our visitors with and our listeners and whatnot? If they, when they hear this episode, what's the one thing that you want them to take away? I want you to know that it's possible that you can be successful, that you can reach out for your dreams. You know, you can be rich. If you really want to be rich, you can be rich. You better check your motives, why you want to be rich, but you can be rich. It's there. It's there for the taking. But the question is, will you do the work? Because nothing in life is free. You know, there's a saying, can stopple. There ain't no such thing as a free lunch. <laughs> Someone has to pay for it. Amen. So that's what I would like to leave with you. And how can people find you? Uh, probably the best place right now is Michael at unresolved.life. Okay. That's and probably guys, the best place right now. Right, right. Um, and I'll have that. We'll have that link in the show notes so you can find it. But Mike, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, you're welcome. I'm. I, it was fun. You know, I love anytime I have the opportunity to be recording with you. You know, I, I love doing it. I do too. I do too. 
So, guys, um, this is the first of hopefully many interviews that I have coming in the can. Uh, these are going to be, you know, just bo- bonus pieces of content for you to chew on as you go into your weekend. And seriously, if you hear something that you have a question about, you know how to find me, Teresa at TeresaBlaze.com. This is the Bird and the Teresa Blaze show. Let's go do this thing. You've been listening to The Teresa Blaze Show. To catch all her past shows, visit www.teresablaze.com. That's T-E-R-E-S-A-B-L-A-E-S.com.